Good evening, and the Four Blades are back in the pub, live, or not live, recorded in the cross eyes. I'm John, and I'm joined tonight by Phil. Good evening, nice to see you all. Nice to see you, Philip, Ian. Good evening, and cheers. And cheers. 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 Cheers, Dad. Cheers, Dad. Cheers, Dad. Who's now moved to Retford. And really? Updates to follow. And obviously, Dan, you're here as well, my friend. How are you feeling? I'm all right, thank you. Good evening, everybody. All right, so... It's been pretty shit since we last came to the pub. <laughs> uh, so... It's going to be quite fun to do this in, in the more traditional way. First of all, uh, we're going to have to remember how to interrupt each other when we're making points, because we're not on Zoom, which might be quite funny. We've got very polite, but um, the Premier League season is over, as is our time in the Premier League, and we're absolutely buzzing to get back to grounds and things. Hopefully, everyone in August at a more reasonable price than what was quoted the other day but what we want to do is want to look back on the two years in the Premier League and funny enough a lot of these are going to come from the first season in the <laughs> Premier League and we put together in our alternative 1 to 11 of events from the Premier League so we're going to spend about three minutes on each one as you'll be pleased to know some of them uh, hopefully you'll remember and you'll bring a smile and some of them you might have forgotten about or some of them might blown your mind at the time and you've tried to forget about but I'm going to start Dan with your your first one and it was a uh, pay-per-view boxing match weigh-in between our manager at the time and uh, somebody whose former clubs involved Norwich and Bournemouth so do you want to talk us through your first one? Yeah it was from last season it was the the Wilder sermon skirmish shall we say I think the ball had gone out, Sermon wanted to get, get it for a quick quick free kick or quick throw in. Tufty held onto it a bit too long and while I think Sermon shoved him, the the bit the actual best bit was Alan Nill's face, kind of <laughs> stood five yards behind, who kind of went, and I'm putting my own sound effects on this, he kind of went, oh, oh, oh! <laughs> and you could see him getting more and more excited as he kicked off and fair play, you know. A lot of players kind of dived in, but I think Sermon... I think he'd bitten off more than he could chew with that. I mean, you know. Do you know if that's what Nil did? Wilder went. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's Andrew Sermon, isn't it? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's one of them. But he just looks like a really nice boy. <laughs> like, oh, he's just a. He's a good lad. Is Andrew? Yeah, Andrew was always home early at night. <laughs> like, no, he never had any trouble. We are Andrew, and he'd obviously just got the red mist. I think yeah, like McBurney could, and a few others were straight in. Yeah, like, this is a bit of me. But you could see that Neil obviously he, he could see that you know Sermon's you know he, he's he's struggling, and you could see him just giggling to himself as if he knew if this goes any further. This is only going one way. And it's, you know, it's Sermon picking his teeth up with broken fingers. I mean, there's been other ones, hasn't there, in the top flight? So I met, like, was it Pearson had, when he was Leicester manager, was it with Myler when he was at He had Hall. some like throat, didn't he? Pilled, pinned him down. I am not an ostrich. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, Pearson... He's just an angry man, though, Oh, he? yeah, I saw him walking with his dad in Enclith Park. My favourite one of all that is uh, Sam Allardyce laughing at that um, player for diving. Have you seen that <laughs> one where he just turns around and laughs at him for diving in front of him? Sam Allardyce promptly made his exit at... The season finished at uh, 4.50. The resignation was <laughs> on the West. <laughs> Cheers, boys. Yeah, it messed my record up. We'll have to get a new new uh, USP now. My favourite Sam Allardyce thing was the footage from the last Euros of him eating a Big Mac in a pub watching the match, just in this te- massive table on his own. It's Big Sam in the pub having a Big Mac. But that was a fantastic... Wilder versus... Uh, there would have only been one winner. And... Um, well, I, 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 I had forgot about it till you put it in the group chat. And Phil, you're, you're, you're next on the list with something from a, a game which didn't end that very well, but we played amazing that day. And what happened? Well, we were fantastic. And, and one man in particular who was particularly good that day was, uh, was John Egan, our captain from this season. What else does a good captain do if he's struggling to get to the ball with his feet and he's laid on the floor? Obviously, he chucks his head at it, doesn't he? <laughs> As you've got one of the Liverpool players bearing down on goal, he, he went sub submariner level and dived head first at the ball and managed to managed to stop it. It was fantastic. 
I remember that fondly. So it was Mane as well. Was it Mane? Yeah, yeah, I, I think Mane it was Mane. Like, so it's, like, it's quite brave. Mane's pretty quick. So. I think he, I think that's why. He, I think he knew if I don't put something on this, I'm done because I'm I'm down. He's in. He like slipped before, didn't he? Like yeah, slipped lost backwards his and then just dived forward. <laughs> Fantastic and stopped a certain goal. To be fair, he avoided him being beaten by the ball over the top, which, yeah, which, yeah, which did happen that game <laughs> as well in fairness. I think we, uh, might, Egan might actually come up in conversation when we have a talk about our hopes for the future in a bit. Um, but I think Egan ultimately has been a pretty has been a pretty decent performer in the Premier League for us. But that was it was surreal because yeah, like commitment to the cause and bravery but commitment. There was, was a ball about waist high on Sunday against Burnley that came across the box, didn't it? And we just said McGoldrick kind of went to sit with his foot and we're saying just dive at it ahead. Yeah. I mean he didn't he, he didn't bother diving at a ball that was probably waist high <laughs> and to launch himself at. He wasn't laid on the floor about to get his head wiped He'd out. obviously never since Keith Hoochin's FA Cup final goal for Coventry, has he? <laughs> Anybody that's my age and older will remember that, but sorry, John, you probably won't. Glorious. It's okay, I like to feel young occasionally. <laughs> Pardon? Uh, Ian You Rance. like to feel Ashley Young occasionally? <laughs> no. I don't like to feel Ashley Young. Ashley Young, my favourite thing about him is just reminiscing about random players and managers tonight. Uh, was when that time that bird shat in his mouth and he claimed that it hadn't that happened. Was that, oh, it was actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and if you've ever, and there was a photo once of him and his wife out in Manchester and she didn't have a bra on. <laughs> Different uh, bird. Uh, <laughs> 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 you managed to find that exact picture walking around, walking around Deansgate with it. We're back. Uh, so yeah we're definitely back now uh, talking of ridiculous things and being shat on from a great high uh, mine's from this season my first one and it was uh, back towards the beginning of the season where I think it's fair to say the media team have chilled out quite a lot and there's not been the quite behind the scenes of the like getting spanked 5 nil at Leicester like player cams and stuff well what we're going to show 11 players walking up and having a cotton bush rammed up the nose and down the throat the scenes this week <laughs> Covid testing uh, but in all seriousness uh, earlier this season um, player came back from injury and there was a drone flying over Sheffield and Bramall Lane and it went down and revealed Moussa stood outside his car, which obviously then went on to have a really sinister edge. <laughs> and he came back and I think he had about 12 minutes the preceding game and he's been seen since in the under-23s and in some love letters that Dan wrote. Um, but apart from that, we've well, not and, seen and, much and, of and, him. And running up Abbeydale Road from the wreckage of a... Yeah, on the the car. <laughs> These do not reflect the views of the full four blades in the pub. These are merely musings by certain members. No, but that Moose comeback video, fucking hell. Horrendous. It was like, what's what going on thinking? here? We'd not won. Like, he'd certainly not contributed anything. Oh, the Messiah's here. And as much as I, as much as I love Moose, you were not going to put your mortgage on him actually coming back for any length of time, are you? No. It's not like he's going to come back and you know he's going to be straight back into battle. You know he's going to... Splinter his pancreas opening a tin of coke or something. I, I, I had visions of him doing a Dave Besant and dropping, you know, a jar of salad, salad cream on his head or something. <laughs> it was a uh, Casillas did that. We have to shave, didn't he? Before one of the tournaments once again. Look at these random stories. We're in full flow, lads. It's normal. It's lovely. Right, Ian. We'll swap these round. You. This is a uh, hard to sum this one up. I think, but I'm sure you can. Yeah, I mean, it, it came from one incident, but then we've kind of. I think you can wrap it up into into something bigger, which is around that whole connection between fans and players that we've had for a large part of this wild the Wilder era. And they said it as if it's in present tense then. Um, of the Wilder era. And it, it goes back to when we signed the big Norwegian and that, that big, sort of, big Norwegian fella. That big Norwegian fella. Twenty four hours well, whatever it was, twenty four, forty hours he joined, we had the whole video of um, in being driven round by Wilder, Wilder pointing out the boozers where the fans drink, going through, you know, Sharrow in the car. I mean, I'm sure it was a, a major selling point at that point <laughs> as he's going, yep, uh, okay, you mix centuries, is, is that our training pitch? <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, from that through to obviously the song being written and start to circulate, yeah. culminating 
in I wasn't there, John, you were there, the scenes at full time, you know what, the flags, uh, Norwegian flags in the away. Yeah, it was I, like, I, it, I popped up on Premier League World the other day, towards the end when he flashed and he's, he's me in an awful orange jacket and uh, next to a Norwegian flag, I'd had loads to drink that day, it was fantastic and that 24 hours for me, it was like, it was different because Sometimes you take the piss out of clubs for signing these highly rated youngsters that you don't know anything about and getting excited, but we've never experienced anything like that. I think as well, we've become spoiled as a fan base, because six months before that, we were all pretty blown away that we managed to get people like Luke Freeman and McBurney, like the best players from the league below. Because even when we were in the Premier League last time, that was a United's recruitment strategy. No. We signed David Samay. So, no. like... It, a, genu- a, a genuine potential future yeah. superstar. yeah. yeah. Was just unheard of, and spending twenty plus million. Sheffield United spending twenty plus million. Absolute pound. watershed moment. For Unreal. And and in walking, like, say, so what was he thinking at the end of that match when he's got his yeah, entire yeah. away end? Do, do you know the you say watershed moment? Do you know the big thing? The fact that he actually wanted to come to us as well, because we tried signing him in the summer, so and he, he was, in the summer, and he was like, uh, probably rightly so, saying, "I'd rather sign for a club that's going to be established." Yeah, that went well for him. But he, he chose to come to us in that January because we were at that point challenging for Europe for fuck's yeah, sake. Yeah. Anyway, sorry about that. Yeah, I mean that's very much put a um... somber moment on. <laughs> Carry on, what's next? So, so Ian next one needs to be an uplifter. Ian sort of suggested this one. Um, I did swap him around, so, but it's it's all good. And it we're talking about it. It started in the first game back in the Premier League, and then certainly until we were all locked up in his houses it happened and that was the relationship between our fan base and the players and how evident it was in the Premier League team like we knew it existed but you know the footage like the almost wild footage pardon the pun of like Steve Watts going absolutely mental at Bournemouth and that all the people jumping on and like you know Egan, Basham and Sharper in the crowd and the play it, the fans are all on it and then taking that through and like I remember obviously we talk about the burger thing I remember like the immense feeling of how proud we were at Spurs how proud we were at Arsenal afterwards Chelsea. you know all these the big clubs were all stood there and like wow and, and people must have looked at that and it's not only going up to the Premier League and competing but the, every it is waxing lyrical a little bit about Wilder but like doing it our way and doing it with a real strong connection and stuff and the only thing that I wish we'd been able to enjoy was being there when we won at Man United this year because I imagine the scenes at full time oh, would have been insane. we talked about it being once in a lifetime but that would have re- that's the only thing that would have topped it I, I, I kind of throw it back I wish we'd have been there for the last home game of last season to say thank you if we'd have known what was going to yeah, follow because yeah. we've yeah. not said but thanks to Wilder We've not said thanks to that team who's now going to get start to get broken up. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's yeah. But also that that scene at Bournemouth, you don't see it in the Premier League. You don't see, you hear about it, but you don't see it as visually in an away end as you can see it on that the videos of that day. Yes. No, they you call don't. it limbs, don't they? Yeah, that was yeah. like. And but it, most of the time when you see limbs, it's like limbs. It's piss people falling over. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of yeah, a weird... Yeah. You know, it's the we, Southampton away end. Southampton, the Mike Lake goal, where, the, where the, the away end looks, it almost looks liquid. The, yeah. the away end just surges and moves like liquid, and that's... So does the kid at West Ham falling down the barrier thing, does that not count as limbs either, <laughs> since he broke about four on his way down? <laughs> Thank goodness we don't have to go there next year, or maybe that's we do. Small, small mercies, I suppose. Yeah. But next, then, is one of yours, Phil, and this, is a, this has been... This has long been said, but it was a magical moment. And I think sometimes, for many years, our fan base maybe have been a little bit shit when it comes to songs, and we take ourselves too seriously. I remember the time that there was talk of having a singing section (laughs) installed in the cop. But you don't need one when your team's playing well. And when you're playing one of the biggest teams in world football who that season went on to win the league and your fans come up with this pearl well I mean it's from the same same game as my last one as well isn't it from the Egan Submariner header this was Liverpool singing to us champions of Europe you'll never sing that how do you follow that as a fan base how do you follow that of course champions of league one you'll never sing that and the Liverpool fans even applauded it as well it was tremendous so quick whoever started it hats off to you fantastic 
absolutely brilliant, and that's what that's what it should be like at the football. Yeah, of course it should. Yeah, but a bit of to and fro, isn't it? Yeah, there's there's times where, in, in same as you do in life, if someone comes up with a a decent bit of banter or a decent bit of piss taking, you just kind of have to go. Fair yeah, play. fair play. You've done well with done. And and you know, obviously I've I've been feelings clear. I don't particularly like Liverpool or their fans, but that 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 was fair play to them for you know. Yeah, they, 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 they did actually acknowledge yeah. it, didn't they? It was quality. Abs- absolutely, absolutely fantastic. And people might, a lot of people might pretend, and in my opinion, it is pretending that they won't, they don't mind going down, right? Going to watch United play Liverpool and competing with them at Pax Bramall on a Saturday at three o'clock, I think that was. It might have actually been half twelve. I can't remember. Who, shower, who in yeah. their right mind isn't going to miss that sort of event at Bramall Lane? I, I, that's what I'm going to miss about the Premier League the most. Those big, those home games against the big game, uh, the big boys, where we're in the pub just that bit early, and it just feels special. But um, Ian, you shared a photo from your Instagram, you modern man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> would you like to? Uh, would you like Thoroughly to talk? modern Ian. <laughs> Newfangled apps. Ian Influencer. <laughs> Can I have that one for free? Um, influencer. <laughs> <laughs> Ian Influencer. Sorry, that's awful. It's, it's something. <laughs> so I, um, I was trying to think back, and I remember, it's a, you know, it's probably a bit of an old-fashioned thing these days, because people don't buy newspapers like they used to. You know, the Monday morning going into the office... Certainly hasn't been the same no. for, for, for 12, 14 months. But I just remember, and I, I, I took a photo of it at times, so I put it on my Instagram on the day it happened. Um, of, and I think I've still got a copy of it at home. Um, the Times, the game supplement, front page, post-Bournemouth game. So Monday, can't read quite the day, it looks like 11th of February because it's a bit blurry. Um, the headline with McBurney and Egan challenging Ake for the header is, who needs money? Sheffield United are built on a strong team ethic and sensible wages and they're challenging for Europe after beating Bournemouth 2-1. And then at the top it says, first for football, Sheffield United closing on fourth place. I don't think I've ever walked into the office or walked into school on a Monday morning, wherever it may be, with my chest feeling so high. I got it and it just sat there at the side of my laptop on my desk all day and I kept just having a look at it. And it... To me, you don't get many of those moments. As a Sheffield United fan, you don't. No, yeah. you don't. Because we we we, had, we were that season. You know, we we, we played well. We, we were doing what we were doing, and we were kind of media darlings for all. And we've never been media darlings, have we? Well, not in my no. not in my United. Quite the opposite. Yeah, yeah. We've actually yeah we've normally had to fight and scrap yeah. for any sort of uh, acknowledgement and recognition. So it's it um, that Bournemouth game as a fond memory for me that involves all of us but one person in particular it was after the game when Dan discovered <laughs> that Callum Wilson had a Twitter account I've literally never been as happy <laughs> see you were probably happier then than I was on the Monday but I think every chance, right? yeah. every chance. this will show him brilliant not that we condone online trolling but if you're going to act like a if you're gonna if you're gonna act like a complete little prat in front of 28,000 people expect a repercussion <laughs> um it was yeah, and that I think that sort of pride, almost to the point on all the like the top football podcasts, you'd get like they'd talk about it, but they'd say, well, we can't say much more about that because we've already spoke about how great they are, and they've just got another great result. But it shouldn't really be a surprise now because they're a good team. And when you think about it in the context of that, that's what makes this season, the last season, be so even more depressing, really, and and, and such a dramatic drop off. It's just, yeah, it's quite a sombre bit. And to counteract that sombre thing, Ian, you remembered something particular and we're going to see the influencer now uh, do his second thing outside the influencing and that's some method acting. I, I, I think that's more, you know... <laughs> I wish I not that he said that now. <laughs> that's going to stick. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I just sum it daft and I... I think I mentioned it before on the pod, it was pre-Southampton game, end of last season. Wilder being interviewed, pre-match, and while he's being interviewed, the sprinkler comes on, and he lets out this noise. How did it sound, Ian? 
Hold on, he's just finding his centre. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Bring him in. I'm just, just getting him in my moment, hang on. Hashtag acting routines. Hashtag preparation. Hashtag influencer. Me- method acting. Someone just put a tap on through there and squish him all Especially again. The Oscars usually yeah. come at the start of the year and here we are in May. But... <laughs> yeah, I remember it well. Main manly scream, and then we were lost 3 0. Yeah. <laughs> and we're back down. No, 3 1. 3 1, wasn't it? 3 1. Oh, there we go then. Who scored again? Lundstrom, yeah. <laughs> it was just a horrible Somber again. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember, do you remember we had the plans of getting, a, getting a Fly V flight to Southampton? Yeah, we Fly did. Fly V yeah. went bust as well in the meantime. <laughs> I know they did. I was in Edinburgh waiting for a flight when it went bust. <laughs> but, but yeah, we were at the start of the season, we're all going, yeah, we'll, we'll fly down to Southampton for that last game of the season. Yeah, I remember. Wow. I know. Well, to, uh, for a European qualifier. I'm going to stop talking because it's just getting worse. Let's talk about something joyous instead. Dan, I think you're up next. VAR. <laughs> this, yes, yes. Ordinarily, this, this would be this would involve much wailing and gnashing of teeth as a United fan, but actually this is the one time that VAR went for us and it was in the most delicious way possible. Um, obviously, the West Ham game, 1-0 up, going into the... 94th the 90th, minute or something. Yeah, 90th minute. Um, and West Ham equalise and we're all devastated A because it's West Ham and B because of who it was that actually scored it uh, and then absolutely out of the blue you get the VAR check-in yeah right oh this is not going to happen is it VAR check-in possible handball oh hello no goal and everyone's kind of obviously leaping up and down because you know with VAR you get to celebrate twice um, I mean it's but, relentless isn't it relentless Relent- absolutely then, relentless right my favourite part about it is Declan Rice looks like he's just walked into the back garden at a house party and seen someone fingering his missus. He looks completely <laughs> and utterly devastated. And I don't. If that's I mean, what Declan Rice looked like. What did David Moyes look like? Say, yeah, David. David oh, but David, 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 David Moyes was her dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was Snodgrass who was doing it. Yeah. But like, Oh, Snodgrass had attacked corner flight. No, it, was Ma- it was Michael Verrips who were doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Premier League reference we don't come across very often. Michael yeah, Barrett. I mean, it's just, just <laughs> perfect. Obviously, Snodgrass were up to the South Stand, giving it beans in front of the South Stand. Moyes were up to He were running up and down um, touchline. And then to have that snatched away, like I said, this doesn't change my view on VAR, but if just for it to go for us once, if it's going to go for you once... Against, let it, let it be well. against West Ham in the 94th minute and it be Snodgrass. I mean, there's not much Perfect. else. Yeah. It was, it, was, it was absolutely brilliant and no qualms with admitting this, but one of the best things about being a football fan is the hypocrisy you allow yourself to have. <laughs> and, yeah. and that was like the epitome of it. And I thought, you know what? Absolutely fantastic. I hate West Ham. I, hate, I I don't actually have much ill feeling towards David Moyes. And Declan Rice has grown on me. But it was I, I celebrated that like last minute. <laughs> Snodgrass is still a winker, though. Oh yeah. fucking hell! Yeah, but I'd have him laid still because it's just easier than him scoring against us again for someone next season. Phil, last one's yours, and it's quite funny. Well, well no, go on before that. Oh yeah, oh, well, yeah, it's you again, Dan. Yeah, hang on, I can't read upside down. Need to get an influencer to do it. Right. Yes. So, I, obviously, from where I sit on the cop, I, I remember seeing this. This is obviously the Man United game where we were. I would probably say our free-flowing best for an hour. That's probably that that hour of football against Man United is. He's probably up there with the best hour of football I've seen in this spell or, or any spell in the top flight. Um, and to see Graham Souness, you know, he's not he's not easily pleased, is he? He's a bit of a curmudgeon when it comes to football. Absolutely. Great word. Come Thank on. you. Um, actually, out of his seat, applauding, getting carried away, with how well we were playing with the... could see him, like, yeah, moving was, in yeah, the box, was, just, was, like, swaying and be like, was, watching the play. It was... Is that is that the game where he said he'd want to if he if he could he'd buy a season? Well, it's not just that game. He kind of said it for several. Every time we were on Sky after, he kind of said, and I've said before, if I lived up here, I'd have a season ticket down here. So it was that was kind of a a recurring theme. 
Um, I mean, he's obviously never used that season ticket booking, season ticket booking system because if he had, there's <laughs> not a fucking prayer that he'd be applying for one. Oh yeah, and he'd be at least a couple of grand down in uh, yeah, would. transactions. He'd be two grand out of his account. They tried to they tried to apply Kenny Dalglish's season ticket discount to his thing, <laughs> and he got no loyalty points, and he'd been charged forty quid to watch us beat Burnley. He got five pounds sixty three pound blades spender spending <laughs> yeah. the club shop. <laughs> but yeah, to see someone like that who's like I say, he's not, he's not easily pleased. How enthusiastic he was about not just us beating Man United, but the way we were playing was, yeah, and like I said, from where I sit, just looking up to the left, you could see him and actually getting getting quite involved in it. Was that the night you went and met Neville and Carragher? That was before West Ham. Ah, I thought that was the Man United game. No, yeah. we were just in the sheave drinking for about three hours, Phil, on a Sunday lunchtime. <laughs> so that's probably why we got confused. It was a Friday night, Friday night in Man Fridays. Uh, yeah. You had a nice time singing, singing with them too, didn't you? It was. Uh, you got Don Goodman to look forward to next season. I'm not, I'm not going for a chip butty with Don Goodman or Andy Angler. The um, no, it was good. I mean, it was quite funny. <laughs> Savoy norms. Yeah. <laughs> somewhere to can somewhere I, can just I, bit, just pop your chip fork in between. Fanny on his nose. <laughs> it's like a novelty stick, chip fork. Stick that in a tray of chips. No, fanny on the end of his nose. Yeah, well, <laughs> but I, it was. What are you going to say with that? Is that Man Friday thing was was only funny because Gary Neville was desperate to get behind the counter in Man Fridays, and he was like arguing with the owner, and the owner's going, "No, no, health and safety, you're not allowed around here." And he's going, "Do I just go around that alleyway at the back?" So he's off down the alleyway around the back of showroom, you know, the back of the houses on showroom Street to try and get into Man Fridays. The podcast Fridays. listeners, the method acting has gone into full foam with this. <laughs> I'm channeling Gary Neville. No. Channeling was just... you in the Gary Neville. <laughs> but anyway, no, it was just it was just really, and he got the real face on when he when they wouldn't let him behind. So that's why Carragher. It's unlike most... Red Nev, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Carragher got did most of the talking in that. If you notice in the interview, because Neville got behind the counter and just started serving. Eventually, I just started eating chips and couldn't be bothered. Is this like his John Fleck wants a Corona moment? And <laughs> it's like Jamie Carragher wants a battered sausage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got some chicken and mushroom in the bar. <laughs> Uh, shout out to Man Fridays. The only thing to order in there is the chicken curry and chips. It is sensational, but it stains like fuck. So, last but not least, and is a bit of an alternative one. Is that when it goes in or comes out? Hey, go on. <laughs> I'm trying to take your lead and influence the local fish and chip shop community, uh, uh, chip shops, but Phil, uh, quite an interesting one, and I don't know this either. Simple question. How the fuck has George Baldock not been sent off in two seasons in the Premier League? Well, because he's the world's angriest man. He's very angry. He got when he scored against Spurs. He was very, very angry about something. He might, even if you're Spurs fan, I hate myself. Whatever that was, <laughs> I think it. The one where it really nearly happened was Everton away last season. Him and Dinier. Yeah, when he launched Dinier. Where were both like they were. You've got a feisty Greek and a feisty Frenchman. I'm better looking than you. No, you're not. I'm from Milton Keynes. Is it that Baldock's neck is permanently at 45 degrees as he's kind of lurching, <laughs> he's lurching, like he's lurching forward, forward, to forward into someone. someone's face? It's like... It's, it's just like some sort of... I mean, obviously, me being a bit of a nerd, it's like some sort of Star Wars Jedi mind. So every time Rev comes up to me, he just goes, No. Oh, it's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Rev goes... Yeah, fine, and wanders off. I mean, your calm hand movement there, Dan, maybe would be true of what Baldock could do, but, like, wow. Like, he... can, I, can I just... That's just reminding me of something within our group chat that I've got to share with the world that just made me piss myself the other day. So, Dan revealed in our group chat the other day about his wife deciding that she thinks Star Wars is a bit weird. Yep. Friend of the pod, former contributor to the pod and one-time editor of the pod, Luke Press responded immediately with, "Use divorce, Dan. Use divorce, Dan. Amazing. Brilliant. Use divorce, Dan. Yeah. Shout, out to, shout out to Luke. And um, when things are, say when they're normal, soon we'll be honouring him because uh, after tonight's pod, I'm going to have a go at editing this. So if you enjoyed previous pods... I don't know why I'm telling you halfway through. It makes no fucking difference. <laughs> <laughs> They'll have signed off by now. This shit. 
but yeah, if he's still here, I've done still okay. Here, he's just inserted a glistening kicks advert in the middle of this section. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah. New trainers, John. <laughs> Do it live. Actually, no, as well. They're quite new, but we, this is the glistening kicks advert done live now. So obviously, Phil's shop is up and running on Wood Seats, and uh, we talked about it how excited we were for him on one of the last ones and going incredibly well, Phil, at the moment. By the yeah, looks I couldn't ask for more. The support I've had from the local people has been tremendous. And thank you again for shouting me out on the last pod. Couldn't no. appreciate it more. Thank you. No no problem at all. Is so. it a good point to bring up the Carl Bradshaw pair he's made? Well, I think it's a perfect uh, point to bring up two parts of that that sit next to each other. So, <laughs> Phil, do you want to tell us a bit about the Carl Bradshaw trainers you've just done? Yeah, so if anybody's seen them, the old 93, 95 away shirt with the, the blue shirt with the purple sash down it, somebody came to me and said, I'd, I'd love a pair of trainers like this, but he actually got what he thought the shirt looked like wrong. He thought it was a purple shirt. So I've ended up having to re-dye the trainers and repaint one of the stripes and thought it'd be a really nice touch that I've got a theory that every shirt evokes a memory of a player and that shirt yeah. for me is Bradders. Yeah. So I wanted to get a picture of him, Bradders, on the trainers somewhere I'm fortunate enough to, to be in contact with Carl quite regularly so I got him to sign something so that I could actually get that made into a label for the tongue and all that sort of stuff and as he signed his signature which I've seen hundreds of times because he has to sign stuff for me at work he did like a little loop underneath it with two little dots and what's that you don't normally do that he went oh that's my football signature what do you mean it's your football signature so I look closely he does two tits under his <laughs> signature and he's done it all the way through his career and if you google his signature you will see what I mean Carl Bradshaw signs his name with a pair of tits underneath it. So if you have any football shirts that you want to evoke a memory <laughs> of and have any uh, erotica... And, 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 but uh, erotica have, have Apparently met... the chief does... No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, uh, we're going to come back in a minute and uh, try to talk positively and look forward to our hopes, dreams, aspirations for our return to the Championship in August. Hi everyone, hope you've really enjoyed the podcast so far, it was lovely to get back to the pub. And then, obviously, um, on Thursday, United announced a new manager, and we'll be back to talk about... um, that next week but have a listen to this and it's quite interesting some of the things we say safe well not safe in the knowledge without the knowledge you kind of itch god his name's going to be spelt wrong a lot um got the job so hope you enjoy the second half of the podcast but it was recorded before we got the new boss hope you've all enjoyed it so far all all the best up the blades So the influencer doesn't want to introduce this next section, so uh, so I'm I'm doing it. In fact, the influencer's gone home. He stood up without his mask on as well. He's completely lost his head. <laughs> He's gone. Head's gone. So I thought it'd be really nice just to we've we've talked about the alternative thoughts about the Premier League while the, the two years that we've been there, and it's been good, it's been bad. But let's look forward. Let's look forward to what we want now. Looking forward to seeing you, all boy, you boys in the sheaf before a game at some point. Looking forward to actually walking back in Bramall Lane. And I'm looking forward to enjoying some football again. But there's so much more to it than that. So where do we start? What do we want? Who do we want? What do we think we'll do next season? Who do you think will still be here or will be gone? Well, I want a manager sooner rather than later. I think yep. it always starts to annoy me when this happens. I'll see other clubs doing I think it's incredibly foolish. It's only a matter of time before potential targets start going to other teams and stuff like that. So we basically, my biggest want is I want a manager and I'd like, so what date is it today? 26. 26. I would like us to have a manager by next Tuesday. On the 1st of June, I'd like Sheffield United to have a manager. People might say, that's a ridiculous turnaround, you're being unrealistic for six days. They've had three and a half, they will have had three months nearly at that point. How long after Atkins did... um while to get the job wasn't long was it no straight well, Adkin, in didn't Atkins get the job after Clough within 
couple days. of days. Yeah. yeah, days. So it's let's I, be honest as well. This has been the wilder thing had been bubbling under for months. It was going to come to it at some point to not have a plan in place um, as to how you're going to approach because it just whether whether it is or not the appearance to anyone looking in is that we're in absolute shambles. Well, if if as the prince says that is right that Wilder had ended his notice in two or three times surely at that stage you're thinking with your fellow board members this could go sideways at any minute now we need to have a, we need to have a plan B in place can, can I just say I don't, I don't necessarily believe everything I've heard and read in the press I think we've had a plan I think we've got a plan and I think we'll stick with the plan that we've got I still think we'll get Kanovic as manager and I don't think it'll be long before he gets the job are we, is he still in the contract until the end of this month? I think so. With yeah. his current, so that that could be, like John says, we could be waiting until, you know, one minute past midnight on the first of January to be able to announce him when his contract expires. I might, I might be being completely naive about this, but I, I just can't believe we could, as an organisation, we can run it in such a way that we haven't had mm. something. Yeah. And I, I just, I think yeah, I I think you're probably right, Phil, and I hope you are. Because you, you, we talked earlier about the way the sort of players and the money we've spent and stuff. So this idea of oh, it's United, like I think people need to maybe park that and just see what we do now. In because ultimately under Prince Abdullah and everything, I think there have been good times and there have been bad times. But what, like, how do we act now? This is a after a period of upward trajectory how do we how do we stop it and then how do we look to move forward now we're reasonable men and most players fans I'd like to think are reasonable but whoever the manager is they're going to be scrutinised for the signings and everything and if it is Jukanovic I'm fine with it I think he's a good manager my concern comes that you're instantly going to have to spend 10-15 million quid on two or three wingers I think that added to the fact we're going to lose players Without a shadow of a doubt, we're going to lose players. We, we need to sell three. two or three to plug the financial gap. Alone. At least, yeah, at least, and I think we we can all probably pick two or three quite quickly who we think they would be. But I'm and and we can talk about that. But I'm I'm looking at it, my glass half full bladesness because I I am that kind of way when it comes to United. Since the season's finished, we've had our first ever England call up for. a European Championship alright it might not get the final cut that's positive we've announced a new sponsor today things are moving quite quickly I'd like to think we'll get moved quite quickly with the manager we'll get rid of the stuff that we're getting rid of quicker than leaving it to the last minute like we always seem to and have something in place maybe I'm being ambitious and too ambitious because they have to submit a list of players you retained list retained to be. by is that next Tuesday anyway as well is that the 1st of June as mm. well I mean, that doesn't give whoever's coming in much time to assess what he wants and what he doesn't want. And I know some of them are no-brainers, your Rodwells and possibly even Jagielka's, but there's, there's going to be some players there that he might want to... Well, Jagielka's announced it already, hasn't he? Lundstrom's announced it already. It's, I think the players that are going is pretty obvious, isn't it? I would have thought. The and only that, one we maybe... It's funny to say this. Any, any sort of ambiguity? Uh, Brian, maybe? Is that a the, contract? But as in, somebody might, I just find it quite funny that in the gossip column it was like, all these teams have to keep Ryan, I'm like, well. I would imagine that's his agent. Yeah. Of course. Around because he's coming out. I mean, personally, I know he did all right for us in patches and, and he, he did okay, but I'm still not convinced that he's a he's a regular championship footballer. You wouldn't you want to think he was playing... 38 games for us next season, really. And I think that anyone who there's any uncertainty around and there's an opportunity to move on, it's an opportunity to refresh, particularly in that area of the pitch. There needs to be some refreshment with inevitable departures. And I'd like to think O'Connell's going to be here next season. He's going to take that, that position. In fairness, Robinson's been pretty good last few games. Yeah, I think he's a... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's no guarantee that I mean I know there's this rumour going around on the local media that the club want the new manager to play three five two. I don't buy that. I, d- I don't buy how a club can I don't buy a manager taking a job being told what being formation told this is like. the formation you've got to play because 
you know, if that formation is not working 10 games into the season, does he then not have the right to go, right, I want to play 4-4-2 or 4-3-3 or whatever? I don't buy that. No. At all. Yeah, I think who who is going to be, who are going to be the players to go? I mean, I think there's one definite that leaves and that'll be Berger. I think that. I'm sure 99.9% of United fans are resigned to the fact that... And if we gone. get 30 to 35 million for him... Providing I, that that money's reinvested back in, I'd take the money back. I think, I think realistically, that might be their clause. But who knows? There's been rumours of I can't believe nine that, million. I don't I can't believe, believe that for no a minute. Way. But but I, to me, it's a case of you get your money back and move on. Well, I did that bit didn't I, for that Everton uh, blog, and they they said, oh, it's got 12, 12 million pound release clause based on relegation. Doesn't doesn't make sense to me. It, one. Which is an interesting one, but is Charles with Green still here negotiating contracts. <laughs> Actually, it's a, point, it's a good point. Yeah, United have had history of bad deals. We haven't had many since Betis has been involved, and I know no. he's not a popular person right now, and I get why. Mm. But he seems to be a very savvy businessman, yeah. so sure, I'd be surprised. As well as we did last season, there's no way we would sign a player for twenty plus million, and then write a clause or accept a clause in the contract that says if we go down, we lose him for fifty percent of that. No. As well as we did, as well as we did, you're only ever one. You know, you're only ever half a bad season away from being relegated yeah. for a club our size. Yeah, relegation was the the job this season was the first job was only to avoid relegation. So there's no way we would write a no a club where we were taking an absolute bath on a player. I think and, and added to that, and whatever we get for him, we've debated about this with with Berger. As good a footballer he clearly is, he didn't make us a better team. No. So, not where we played the, the last two, twenty, oh, all three. three of the twenty million pound plus players arguably haven't had the sufficient impact on the no. first two, which obviously goes down a different avenue with recruitment. But Bernie's the Okay. I mean, I think there's every chance that in a few years' time, possibly on a different level, we might look at Burger in the same way that you look at someone like. Uh, try Delos. Maybe. Who was here and you go, really good player, didn't play as well as he could have done, didn't fit in, then goes on. Young as well though, young, Delos was young. Goes on, plays for Roma, captains his country, wins a European Championship, has a really stellar career after leaving us. But we, No we, doubt on it, he's, an, he's a fantastic footballer. He is a really, really talented footballer. I just don't think... The best anal- an analogy I've seen about him is it was like putting a Rolls-Royce part in a... Um, Subaru, Subaru. Yeah. And, it, and it's true we were a snarling team of work, hard workers and he's just a tremendous derail Lundstrom's form completely as well let's move yeah, on yeah possibly put he's his gone. nose out of joint a bit but, or, or, or just regressed into type I suppose yeah well yeah um, bloody hell I just defence did I just stick up for Lundstrom yeah well, well, a little bit so alright moving on from Berger how many more of the first team do we think will go and who? I, I think I, I, Egan goes. I think Egan goes. Yeah. And actually, I don't think I'd be as disappointed as I might have been. So if, if, if you think Egan goes, question is, where does he go? I don't mean exactly what club, but what level of club and what sort of so, fee do we get for him? So I think you can get 20 million quid for Egan off some... This is where the problem comes. How much did do we Norwich sell? get for Ben Godfrey? 25 maybe we can get more than that for Egan in my opinion if we sell Egan for 20 it's going to cost us at least half that possibly more to get anyone that's even close to as good you're not going to replace Egan for less than 10 to I think Egan's easier to replace than O'Connell for example I know the so him as a defender him as a him as a person as a leader as a club captain maybe that's that's the bit that's that's a bit because to me Egan's a Egan's next season's captain. Egan, Egan gets the armband next season. I don't think there's any... Yeah, OK, I see your point about that. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure Egan's quite as good as what he's been lauded as being. That's. I know we've said he's got weaknesses in his game. You know, he gets caught out with that long straight ball occasionally. Where does he go? What, what sort of level of club are he's buying him? So uh, I think bottom half Premier League. Newcastle. I'd, I'd go a little bit higher. Maybe someone like Everton or something like that. I mean, he's 28 years old. I suppose that's the difference on the fee aspect with Godfrey. And the only thing mm-hmm. I'd say at Everton, because they were linked with last, Holgate, Mina, Keane, Godfrey, you've, they've got four pretty decent centre-halves. 
Tell you what, Everton fans don't like Holgate. If, Ever if Everton offered us 20 million plus Holgate, that's, yeah, that's a deal. Yeah, I'd take that. Absolutely. It uh, comes back down again, or we can play 4 4 2, because can he play in a 2? Can he play in a Yeah. It's, it's another question, isn't it? I, Same I, with O'Connell. Yeah. I, know, I know what my replacement would be for Egan if we do sell him, or if we sell O'Connell. I'd go for. Um, Jake Cooper from Millwall, the like six foot seven beast who always has a great game against us, chips in with goals. I think he's about twenty three, but he's played like two hundred and fifty games for Millwall. I think we should go back in for Dan Byrne. Established Premier League left back now. Fucking hell. He is though, isn't he? I'm not mad. but the only thing I would say about that is we know that Egan we know that Egan can play in the Premier League and he can live in the Premier League. Alright, he has the old game where he has a bit of a brain fart. If we sell him and then we bring someone like Jake Cooper in and we've got ambitions of bouncing straight back up like Norwich have, yeah, we've got to look at someone who can not only play for us in the Championship next season but can make that step up. But what so I would say on that is we got players, we need to get players who are going to grow with us and he's an example of a player who can do that and to get players that grow with us we're unfortunately probably going to have to buy players that we hope come good that's yeah, why we're and, falling and, foul though isn't it yeah but we it to an extent but we also bought ones that were like ready-made like Egan was a ready-made championship center off and it worked out to be a superb signing don't get me wrong and he's done well for us done really well for us one of my favorite ever united players probably if i sat down and really thought about it but I'm just thinking, like, you know, it's getting ones that... We need to be signing players in the 22 to 25 age bracket. We don't want to be signing the older ones. And I get your point, Dan, about competing in the Premier League. But ultimately, if the money's there, you just have to then be better with it when we're there, I, I mean, think. From a financial point of view, you buy someone for £4 million, you sell them having had... Three good, three good seasons of service out of them for twenty plus. You can't really argue with the, the deal. So my my other angle on this though is financially, we need to find forty to fifty million quid to so, fill the gap. So we're talking twenty five million ish for Burger. Yeah. yeah. Maybe twenty million for Egan. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, and then so one one more than potential sale. One more. Wanted to win the playoffs and an Ollie McBurney homecoming or Brewster. See you, Ollie. Oh Brewster. I'll piggyback you down there myself too. <laughs> fifteen give us give us twelve to fifteen million for him, Swansea. He gets to wear Stone Island in Vetchfield or whatever the fuck their ground's called these days. He gets some wanker signs to, to Cardiff fans. He gets another Scarface tattoo on his he gets Scarface tattooed on his fucking bell end. <laughs> fucking on your way. Fifteen million quid. Thanks, I for mean, thanks for fuck all. I get a feeling you might have thought about that. Yep. I, I, I think that it's. I don't think it's like. I think that one's less likely on the basis that they might not want to turn back on that, and they'd be more. It did more. The the more likely scenarios to give us what we pay for booster having played in that system. Whereas I think McBurney was he there under Cooper? No. No. So. That's why I think I might scupper that. My one to transfer every go round time is uh, Max Aaron's goes to Everton for a substantial fee, and Norwich by Baldock. Uh, Baldock would have been the one I would have said. I think Baldock is probably our second most attractive player in every way who's <laughs> on dreamy eye and I can't even begin to describe the way Phil's looked in every way I was just trying to think who was the first and Berge you can't argue with that either can Phil's you? laid on his tummy with his chin in his hands <laughs> <laughs> I mean his it, his it depends what you're into Phil who's <laughs> not into a bit of George Bowler I mean I'm a big fan but he he's cut it all season hasn't he for the last two seasons in the Premier League he's not looked out of place he's young enough to progress I, I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if we lost him in the summer. And, and we've got a replacement. We've got Jaden Bogle. You'd, yeah. you'd be quite happy to see. And play, that's that's my thought process. And, yeah. the, and and this young lad, potentially coming through from the twenty threes as yeah. well. And that's the thing with the um, Sereke. Sereke, yeah. And that's the thing with the Egan over O'Connell thing. O'Connell's injury, despite O'Connell being a better player than Egan. O'Connell's too much of a risk. O'Connell will be with us at least until January. If he if he plays the first half of the season 
well and stays fit, then clubs might look at him. There's no way anyone's taking him this summer. I don't. The think. only the only thing that it's might a hell, scu- of a risk, hell of a risk, isn't it? Yeah. The only thing that might scupper that is if Wilder ended up at Palace. Even then, it's a risk. But I don't know. It's his fitness. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's tough, but I, well, it's interesting. Whoever ends up at Palace, uh, I think is it something like contracts of players they're down to nine nine like first teamers so many contracts expire alongside Hodgson because you think about their back line like Kelly uh, Dan uh, Kale. Kale Kale all them I think all like all their contracts were a lot of the MacArthur McCarthy like a fair few p- players contracts are up IU they're all these so Palace is going to be a really Whoever gets that job, it's like it's it's a big it's a big ass. They'll either finish eighth and have an Lundstrom. amazing season. That's what they need, a John Lundstrom. He probably will go there to go and warm their bench and then um, disappear back to I, Oxford in three years. I really want him to go somewhere deplorable like MK Dons. I mean, we might be, we might like we were saying before we started recording. There's Moose as well, like yeah, like you were saying. There's, say. there's some sort of. You know, Angie McCallica in, in Russia or something like that's going to take him, aren't they? Or... <laughs> Angie McCallica, I think I met her in the business. She used to do the well, really wild. Yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> but there's, yeah, you're right, there's, there's some obscure Russian side or French side or something, that, or Greek side that will. We could sell them to our new League 3 or League 2 team, Chateau Rook, aren't we? Surely there's some. Deal to be done with sending him over there or Chateau something. Chateau Rue, is that what they call it? Yeah, finished bottom of Ligue 2. Fantastic. Wow. Channeling, my, so channeling my inner. On, on that point then, so players coming in, and obviously at the start of the season, everybody was falling over. Koulibaly coming from first yeah. shot. He's kind of, I think he got injured Take and lost his place. He got injured and lost his place and never really refound really it. Yeah. He's some. He's one of the youngsters that's been talked about. There's been several youngsters that have nearly got. Well, Jebison obviously's made a start for the last few games. Any of the others you think could be worth a start? Worth could potentially break in. I mean, having. I mean, I've only watched them once this season. That was yesterday. I watched the final while I was working. None of them, based on yesterday's showing, look anywhere close to being ready for championship football. A couple of them look like they might do something. You know, loans in League Two. But I mean, the, the lad Zach Brunt, who's supposed to be the, the next big thing, he looked a million miles off. Really? Him. Yeah, ju- just, he looked, he looked, again, it might be the season catching up with him. He looked leggy, he looked, he just he didn't look like he had anything that, that you, would make you think. Do you know one that surprised me? Hack, Hackford made his debut at Palace away. Yeah. And he's just not. He looked lively, he came on second half right. and looked lively. Um, but the other ones, like the. the is it Tunisian, Algerian kid, oh, Ayari? Yeah. Got hooked at half time. Right. Awful. Look, look really poor. Again, it might just be the season's core. The amount of football they've played. Yeah, that, that might be it. I'm not. I'm not. That's under 23. Yeah. They won something, didn't they? They won the league. And they won the, the league, playoffs. and it was a playoff, wasn't it, yesterday? Right. right. Lost 2 0. In fairness, Birmingham, there were two or three players for Birmingham who looked really good. They're category one. Because they've all been announcing, yeah. haven't they? Birmingham have gone to a category one academy. They, they, look, they right. just look bigger and quicker and stronger. And two or three of their players looked outstanding. They had a, a big centre half, a lad in the middle of the park, and a. And a Did Karen Gordon play? Yes. How did he look? Because he's meant to be really highly rated, isn't he? Okay, but right. nothing that made you look at him and go. Oh, in terms of players coming into the group, I'd have him as that if you play, if you're playing four defenders. You could have him as the fit. Uh, two defenders, so you want two centre-backs. So you'd argue Robinson and O'Connell for left. Basham, new signing for other. And then I'd have him as the fifth option. Unless we buy someone young. And and, and the, the other thing, like Dan's just said, if we sold Baldock, Bogle's our first choice right back next season. You would imagine Sarek would be there or thereabouts. Yeah, and then Davis behind Stevens. Because I think you persevere with Stevens. Unless you get... Unless I, think, I think Davis comes back in. So what about Regan Slayer? Maybe. What about Lowe? Yeah, Lowe's, so. Lowe's a championship player, isn't he? Or apparently, yeah. Well, this is the thing. We, we've we got so a I, squad stacked, arguably. I can see Stevens moving on. Yeah. But I, maybe, I, not, maybe not in the summer. But, but I think come January, if Norrington Davis has taken his shirt and he's just yeah. not getting a kick, and the Max Lowe's the second choice right back, and he's suddenly yeah. third choice... Um, I mean, uh, 
happily be proven long, but I can see Max Lowe going on loan somewhere like, like he'd been before from Derby and ending up on loan somewhere like Hibs or something. Uh, I've seen nothing from him. But you, you move the defence is is a, is a, is a sticky one um, because I think whoever comes in, filling Egan's boots for the reason you said, Dan, is a big one. But England training starts tomorrow. Sam Johnson turns his ankle. All of a sudden, by hook or by crook, Ramsdale goes goes away this summer. And it'd be fantastic for the kid. Wish him all the luck in the world. Do, if you go down the Premier League, there's not many teams who need one, but say West Ham thought, right, we could, we're trying to kick on here. Do we bring him in? Because we've got Europa League as well. We want to start adding to these young, talented English players we've got. If you think about the way West Ham have recruited under Moyes, Ramsdale 100% fits the profile of the players there. By I'd be gobsmacked if Ramsdale's not here next season. Gobsmacked. Even if we get a... I'd just be shocked if he wasn't here next season. Do you think no one will take the risk? No. Not after the way he started this season. Not after two relegations in a row. The reputation, and I've said it all season, I think it's been harsh. I just don't think it happens. I think he needs to... I think clubs are now realising, as probably United fans are realising, he probably needs a season out of the Premier League, out of the firing line. Go and play in the Championship. Establish yourself as a number one. Prove yourself to be the keeper that I think we now see he can be. Henderson's benefiting from that. Yeah. Yeah. Massively. So that means then we go into next season with Ramsey as the number one, Fodringham and Guess will stay as number two. Simon Moore's Tommy, still at number three. Simon Moore will Simon Moore will move on, Tommy Dick Fingers will move on, and then you're looking at <laughs> Tommy Dick Fingers. <laughs> Jake Eastwood comes back in as number oh, yeah, three. Eastwood. I was thinking Amasar, but probably yeah, it would be Eastwood. Well, the thing he's knocking about, Dewhurst is still around. Dewhurst, I mean, Amasar's above. Dewhurst, Dewhurst played in the final yesterday and he played well. If it wasn't for him, it would have been 5 0 at half time. It's weird though, Dewhurst was on loan at Carlisle. He went on yeah. loan in the Football League. So, it, who I mean, knows? Amisar's just signed a, a pro deal as well, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. You, you moved into midfield and what he's interested in is 12 months ago, you'd value John Fleck at 15. Fifteen twenty million pounds, and I don't think you'd do that anymore. Looking to get five for him now. Um, How old is he? Flair, he's got to be knocking on door. Thirty. Thirty. I'd say twenty-nine. Twenty-eight, twenty-nine. He's been around a lot. I suppose again, it depends. If he goes to Euros with Scotland, plays and has a good tournament, it's you know stranger things have happened. Team, you know, players putting themselves in shop window at a, a major tournament. Rangers come back in. For, uh, you don't know, do you? Uh, they're in. Champions League game now. He's, he said, he's, he's 20, always he's, said he's, he's like to go back. He's twenty nine. He's always said he'd like to go back and play for him. I mean, I mean, I think as well with Fleck. And well, with Fleck and Norwood, there's an opportunity there for one of those two next season. Will be very good for United, if not both of them. I think it's fair to say. But this, in terms of generating funds, I don't think it's there. Osborne's done really well for us, but as we said, Phil. Just before we came on, before you, I was saying because you weren't in, I know, <laughs> but we were talking, and, and Dan, you made the point as good as Osborne's been with energy and everything, he, 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 we, we're recognising he's not a build your team around midfield, no, we're, we're recognising someone who puts effort in yeah. because the quality is gone, yeah. so we're now like rewarding with like lavish and praise, endeavour, and and, 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 we, and we've gone beyond that. He's, 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 a, he's, a, right, he's an average ratting midfielder, isn't he? Who in the championship will probably, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll look decent. But he's not he's not someone that you would say, right, you're my number four or number, I'm showing my age here now, you're my number four or number eight for next season. And the team is built around you like we have done with Norwood in the past and stuff like that. He's not going to be that, that linchpin. In and the that's where your money has to be spent in midfield. Luke. So I, I think if we're not going to play the way that we've played for the last few years... We need to get some pace into this side somewhere. We need pace, we need we need ball carriers. We yeah. need a player who can pick the ball up and drive going past people we just 30, 40 it. yards and we don't have that at the minute at all. We don't have that. And, and we need width. I'm, I'm assuming that now we've gone down, David Brooks is somebody that's out of the picture completely for us nowadays. 
Brooks He'll probably go to the Premier League. I think somebody because he's going to Norwich or something. Yeah. Well, he got Paul. He got Woodgate pulled him off that game on Saturday. By the way, if anyone watched that, one of the most entertaining things I've watched in a fucking long time. Bournemouth against um, Brentford, just heads were going everywhere. They had Ivan Tony missing open nets, and I saw that head we missed. Like, and Brooks got um, because of Mepham's. Have you seen what he got sent off for? He goes through, he falls, and then grabs his ankle as he's running through one like goal. A, it was like a tap tackle, wasn't it? In yeah, and, he, and, and then Brooks got hauled off. And Brooks Injured was, or? No, no, just pulled off. And like, I, I know they, they did all right in the end, board, but I'm just thinking, if you're in a tight game, you need somebody to unlock a defence for you a bit of They were winning, though, weren't they? Mm. Or not at that point? <sighs> it was, it was, it was one of them games that the ref did incredibly well, because it could have been like four or five... Reds in quick succession, so their right. heads were going out like people just leaving stuff in on everyone. Brilliant to watch, but you wouldn't have wanted to be involved in it. But I'd say, yeah, he goes to the Premier League. Yeah, I think he will. So, forward line for next season, then we've got we've got a lot of talent in the club, in fairness, that have scored goals at that level. But Bernie, whatever you say about him, has done well at that level before. Yep. Brewster's done well at that level before. Arguably, a fit moose is far too good at that level. Arguably, Burke will clearly be the fastest player yeah. in that division. Fucking, I forgot about him. <laughs> I, just, I, I was going to leave it till last. Jebison's come out of the West Brom job. What do you think chance of him swapping Robinson for Burke <laughs> again is? <laughs> Chris. Je- no, Jebison, I think, again, we were saying this before you, you got there, Phil. Jebison, for me, as well as he's done, League One, League Two alone for at least six months. I, I, I didn't see all the Everton game where he was supposedly really, really good, but he didn't really show a great deal in the Burnley game for me. I think no. asking a 17-year-old to play regulate championship football and score goals... Not tough anymore. Oh. Give him a six-month loan, see how he goes. All, yeah. I, all I would say about Jefferson is, and I think this is fair on everyone who's played up front with him, for as good as McGoldrick is... He even mentioned, did he? But Shot. like for as good as, <laughs> but for as good as McGoldrick is, he's, you can be isolated up there, and I think that is why we've seen, arguably the poor performances out of you like some McBurney and and Brewster because they they're isolated against top class defenders because McGoldrick linking the play as well as he does, and I think to be like. To have a player like McGoldrick, he almost like the way he floats around the pitch. He, he is an attacking midfielder, so it's uh, like it's that'd be the argument for Jebison could have a chance. But I'm with Dan. I'd get it, I'd, I'd consider getting the younger players loaned out if the, if we think they're nearly ready. But it depends who goes. I'd like to think we. I think Musa will go, and there might be some sort of golden goose to America for Sharp or something, but we seem to say this every season. I mean, you could see Sharp, if it, I suppose it depends on what the new manager says to him. If the new manager says, look, you're not in my plans in the slightest, you could see him going back to Donny. You know, his mate's just got the Donny job. You could possibly see him having a final... I haven't seen that. Who's got the Donny job? Wellens. Uh, Richie Wellens. Has he? Yeah. I don't know that. But, but also, we, we, we'll sit here a few times and then we'll go to Bamalane in August and he'll come on and he'll fucking score. And he'll do that all next season. I did make a statement at the start of the season that he won't score a goal, and he proved that wrong. I mean, I'm glad we've not revisited that, because that would have been A, a tough listen, so we'd have been really enthusiastic. But one thing I did say on it, it was like, it would be interesting if Henderson doesn't get a game at Man United, and it was actually Ramsdale ends up going to the Euros instead of Henderson. And not directly, but they've actually both could potentially end up going. It's bonkers. Who would have called that a year ago? Our first England cap potentially is now going to be Aaron Ramsdale. If we roll a year on from this, all this stuff we're saying tonight about what might happen with players. Yeah, it'd be yeah. an interesting listen, wouldn't it? I think it's. I think it. I think it's hard to predict. Um, and we I, wanted. I don't to... think we should call predictions tonight. Maybe in a, part no. in a month or so. Then yeah, we yeah. We're, 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 and and I think obviously now it's a lot easier to come and do this in person. We'll, we'll certainly look to yeah, fingers crossed for the foreseeable, but we'll. Uh, we'll try to get pods in semi-regularly and discuss things as they unfold and we'll definitely earmark one for next week if we do get a manager because I think that'll be something actually positive and forward thinking because that'll give us an idea on 
what what the manager's done before, what sort of players mm -hmm. he likes, who he might, you know, if it's Shikanovic, then you're looking at someone like Norwood, being uh, being well thought of. So yeah, it's it's, it's worth like I said, penciling on him for uh, for next week, I think. Well, that's. That was absolutely brilliant. Uh, obviously, the second half was a bit rambly, but he's been great to come back to the pub. And have it was a chat. good ramble, though. Oh, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> I'll be a football ramble. <laughs> right, so as always, that's the only one thing to say, isn't there? Put the blades. Put the, the blades, nice one. He trained his job. What these? No, mate, I've had them for years. Just got them back from being cleaned. Look really good, don't they? Yeah, really? Is that a thing? Honestly, they look new, mate. They look class. Yeah, it's a thing. Really reasonable, too. Adam Dunn at this place called Glistening Kicks. They're in Sheffield. But fellas are blade, too. Oh, nice one. That saves buying new ones, doesn't it? How do I find them? I've got a few pairs I need looking at myself. Absolutely. Save, save me as someone who's got a bit of a trader page. An absolute fortune. You can get them on social media like most things these days. On Twitter at Glistening Kicks and Instagram at Glistening underscore Kicks, or they have a website www.glisteningkicks.co.uk. Give them a shout. The process is dead easy. They collect them safely and then drop them back off with you. And if you take them round yourself, that process could be even quicker. Um, they look, feel, and smell like new. And it's I'm, I'm absolutely chuffed, and I'm already looking at what pairs I'm going to take down um, next to have him look out for us. Nice one. Cheers for that. I'm going to get on to them straight away. What was their Insta again? At glistening underscore kicks. That's the one. Really good service and I couldn't recommend it enough to any blades. Brilliant. Nice one. All the blades.